hi everybody this is Jalisa. thank you so much for coming back to my channel and if you're listening in the podcast thank you so much for being here everyone um i'm here to give you another episode of one of the most interesting cases that has stayed in my mind for a very long time and i think the reason is i just don't understand how people can do something like that and you know when you hear about stories and crazy stuff that happen in this world um sometimes we're like you know like you hear about it you're in shock and then you kind of forget about it but then there are um, some cases that just they stay in your mind almost like it's not like you you know you like meditate on it nothing like that uh it's those cases that you know once in a while you know, even though it happened a long time ago, you think about it and you're like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened to somebody. And today I'm going to speak to you guys about the um, the 2012 Empire State Building shooting. And this happened, like I said, in the year of um, on 2012. And it happened on a Friday uh, morning, August 24, 2012, okay? And I think what this case is really uh, gets my attention because around that time in 2012 I was desperately knocking on doors in New York City and trying to get into the fashion industry and just sending resumes going to a lot of interviews um, I remember I think that was the year that I actually met um, in New York City I actually met uh, fashion designer Oscar de la Renta and for me that was such a big deal because being Dominican myself you know uh, and also being into fashion and wanting to be a fashion designer going through school and all of that uh, for me to be in New York City um, at a traffic stop you know waiting to cross the street and here comes fashion designer Oscar de la Renta and you know I was in New York that day for an, a job interview so when this happened in the summer of August 2012, um, it was a complete shock for me. Because you think about it, you know, Friday morning, you know, if I would have had a job, if I would have got gotten a job, I would have been there on the streets, right? You think about stuff like that, even though you have, you know, no association with it, but it's almost like, wow, I can't believe that actually happens. In New York, even though we hear stories over and over about New York City, when you actually see it happen, and there was a lot of footage that came out of that, it's still in shock, okay? And it's also re uh, regarding an apparel company, okay? So let me just read to you guys a little bit more of this case. It's called, in the news, if you want to search it right now, it's called the 2012 Empire State Building Shooting. And like I said, on August 24, 2012, a gunman shot and killed a former co-worker outside the Empire State Building in Manhattan, New York City. Following the initial shooting, the gunman, 58-year-old Jeffrey Johnson, was fatally shot by a police officer after raising his weapon at them. And also, nine bystanders were wounded by bullets because the police, even though they had Jeffrey almost like right in front of him, and I know it's going to sound so cruel, but they were looking for him because Mr. Jeffrey Johnson, minutes before that encounter with police and being killed by police, he actually killed one of his ex-co-worker uh, managers 
um, I guess he was his boss, right? So the whole ordeal began maybe about almost two years before that day, right? So Jeffrey Johnson, 58 years old, working for six years at this company called Hassan Imports, which was located, or I don't know if they're still there, located right across the Empire State Building entrance, right, in New York City. And Jeffrey worked in that company, Hassan Imports, um, and by the way, you know, I got to say, so I know here, I come to so many interviews in New York. If you guys haven't heard my testimony right out of college, I went to so many interviews in New York. Um, the victim in this case, Steve Ercolino and also Jeffrey, they look so familiar to me. It is insane. Even the name has some imports. So much so that I actually went and looked at some of my emails. I'm like, did I interview with them? Have I met these people before? Um, but anyways, that was just a sign up. But what I'm saying is um, the the shooter, Jeffrey Johnson, 58 years old, guys, um, worked at Hassan Imports for six years by that by then, right? In, um, I believe it was around 2000, the late 2010 or early 2011, he actually got laid off by Hassan Imports because of, you know, they, they were cutting costs, you know, it was like a downsizing in the company. He was a um, a designer for them, right? Before that, Jeffrey did his own type of, you know, business designing t-shirts, right? And then he moved to New York and started working in retail, and then he eventually got a job at Hassan Imports um, designing t-shirts, right? And the crazy thing about this case is there's so many things that we we need to look at, right? You look at somebody, um, but anyways, let me tell you exactly what happened before I go into each person and who they were, right? So Jeffrey got laid off about a year and a half before the shooting that happened on August 24, 2012. He got laid off. He took it really hard. You know, there are people who, you know, I guess now after the whole pandemic, you look at things differently, but some people, when they get laid off, it's, it's, you have the initial shock, and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. I don't know what's going to do. And then when you see that, you know, there are people who look at the past, and you know, maybe it's time for me to move on. Been here six years. I should do something else, you know. Let me do some unemployment um, checks and then see what can happen. Maybe take two months off and see what what I can what I can do. Maybe apply, get work on my resume, things like that. But apparently, Jeffrey Johnson took it so hard, and he also took it against the person who um, did the layoff for him, right? And that was forty-one years old, Steve Ercolino, and. Before that, I guess they had some type of um, back and forth in between them, so much so that they actually, both of them, had restraining order against each other. They were not um, getting along well at all in the company, which is also brings to your attention, what can an employer do when they see something like this happen, right? A lot of the times we look at managers and supervisors and we think, you know, they're just 
they're you know they're just doing their job and things like that but when it comes to making such a harsh decision as to laying somebody off or firing them you can actually see how vulnerable being a supervisor could be and how vulnerable will be to basically tell somebody you know somebody who knows your routine who knows who you are who knows your face where you live perhaps have met some of your families are you know workplace events and things like that to tell them you know you no longer work at this company and then think that they're just gonna go on with their life not a lot of people are are in that mental state to take something like that being saying that also we also have to remember that how you speak to people means everything i come i had many jobs before and i had dealt with a lot of managers and i also can see and i can pick very fast how some managers are micromanagers and they're authoritative you know there are managers who are who you appreciate them being authoritative right because nobody likes a manager who goes on like they don't have any input on what you do. They don't have any input on what you do. Everything is fine. They always give you, like, sometimes you want some type of feedback to make yourself better at what you do, right? But you also have the other extreme of that where you have a very authoritative manager, supervisor, who is just checking on you 24-7, even though, you know, they don't trust you to do your job. You know, everything you do is a problem. Sometimes, you know, when a company doesn't want you there anymore, they make your life impossible. Even you coming in the morning and you say, how's everybody doing today? They take offense to something as simple as the greeting that you give to them because they, it's almost like they all unite to just let, let you go and force you out the doors. That is a real thing uh, in jobs. I'm not saying in this particular case that happened, but we really don't know because of what happened and how extreme it was and how shocking it was to them. I don't think anybody from that company is going to come out and say, you know, maybe, you know, he was a little harsh with him. Maybe it should have been handled differently. Then nobody's going to come out and say that. And we can understand, but you have to also know that how you speak to people means everything, especially when people give their basically their all to a, a job in a company and f- out of nowhere you're, you're, letting, you're being let go, right? So you always have to appreciate the people other people loyalty i also seen happen in companies i have seen them do something like you know you work there for 10 years right and then they hire this new person and that new person wants a new crew and you had excellent reviews year after year you have been a very loyal employee you always on time you always stay late and this new manager for some reason doesn't want to keep you and because they want everybody new they want to train people to their their liking so they start forcing you out right they they start this attack on people and it's very harsh because it's almost like they turn the entire department against you and people who were your loyal co-workers as well no longer like you anymore and they're also pointing out 
um, little errors and things like that and just calling it out and seizing your supervisor on emails that are trying to keep a paper trail on you. I have seen that happen. It's such a terrible position to be in. And that tells you one thing, right? Many things, right? You, you learn that at the end of the day, you always have to remember if you're working for somebody, you're going to go in, you're going to do the best that you can, and you're going to know that you're so like, like anything can happen. Look what happened with, uh, with the pandemic, right? One day we were do, going about our days, right? And the next day we don't have a job, right? I was unemployed for like four months when the pandemic happened. And recently starting a new job too, I was in training. <laughs> in March of 2020, I was still doing training for this new job. And then I didn't have a job, right? And I was like, how am I even going to qualify for unemployment? I haven't been here at all, right? That, you know, I'm, I'm the new one. <laughs> it was so crazy. But God is always, you know, I, you know, you worry for nothing because God is always there, right? So I, I have to say this. In this case, I have to think about how everything was handled when it comes to HR type of dealings in this case with Jeffrey Johnson and Steve Colino because I also have seen in small companies I don't know how big Hassan Imports was but like I said I had interviewed many times in many different companies for apparel right in New York City in fashion and I have seen that it's a very small team or if if it's a big company a lot of the times they don't they have designers, they have pattern makers, they have they have everything except an HR department, right? And things are being handled by people in position that don't have that type of training of an HR person. You you know, like you get hired by somebody who's also a designer and the same person helps you with your paperwork. And if there's an issue, you go to them. There's no HR in between. And, and I think that it takes, you know, people who work in HR, I'm assuming they work in, you know, they get trained to deal with, you know, things like that, you know. Not everybody who, you know, like, not every, that's not their expert, expertise. Like, you know, people who are in position, like a vice president, I can understand they have the authority to fire somebody. We all understand that, but perhaps they might not have the human-to-human conversational type of way to present such a news to somebody like that, right? Um, Excuse me. They might say it in a very harsh way, and they might be missing. That's why HR is important. I'm not saying that every HR is also like, you know, compassion and things like that. I'm just saying there's a there's a department for everything, right, when it comes to a company. So it, it makes me wonder. Um, it makes me wonder how can somebody who, like Jeffrey Johnson, right, the assailant in this case, 58 years old, right? Like, let's just understand this thing, right? You have somebody who's, who lives by himself, right? Nothing wrong with that, right? Um, he's 58 years old. Around that age, I assume that people around 58 years old, you already basically have 
planned out how your retirement will be from you know workplace if you you know can from your nine to five i think when people have a passion like he had a passion for art and designing t-shirts you probably never retire from that because you love it so much you want to do it forever right um but i'm thinking when you come to an age of 58 years old right and you kind of like already kind of have figured out a lot of stuff in life at that age right you are able to the last thing you want is to start putting out resumes again right i'm not saying it's impossible like i said look what happened with the pandemic i'm just saying that you kind of have your life going you know settle in a way that you know i've been here for six years this is probably the company where i'm gonna retire on you know i know the people for six years i know how the business works i have an apartment in new york i'm doing good you know i have a routine so people say that this man jeffrey johnson wore the same suit every day he has such a routine um the neighbors will see because People, your neighbors know everything about you, by the way. They know your routine. They know if they haven't seen you. They they know. It's so weird how we get, you know, we hear noise and we're like, okay, like, there's the neighbor again. I know it was her because she usually goes out around that time. It's almost automatically, right? Um, if you have neighbors close to you, you kind of know like the, what the routine is. So, a lot of his neighbors said he was a very lonely man, right, Jeffrey? Very lonely man who was devoted. He, he had two cats, right? Recently lost a cat and then he lost his job, right, around the same time. So a lot of hard reality hitting him. Uh, you know, he's 58 years old, living alone. And now when he thought that everything was good, you know, career-wise, it's like you're being laid off. And the way he was laid off, it's not like laid off and we love you, you know. It's hard because the economy, we have to let you go. He he actually was, um in he had issues with Steve Colino, right? He had, there was, a, there was an encounter that they had in the elevator. um, And then they put a restraining order against each other. And every time Jeffrey will come up to the, the office to pick up his check, um, he will say things to him. He basically blamed him, right? It's almost like I had the way he took the news, right? I don't know how it was said to him, but you have to understand, no matter how much, a lot of the time, no matter how much you want to make it like pretty, even though it's really bad news, you have to see like what people are dealing with right and i know it's hard we don't know what people go through you know people will show up a face of everything's perfect and you don't know what they're dealing with at home right so it's not like he was just let go he was put on laid off he took it personal because the vice president steve ercolino also you know, they, they didn't like each other for some reason, right? And they had a restraining order against each other, and there was some type of encounter every time Jeffy would show up to pick up his check. And so much so, that morning, okay, I'm almost running out of time, this is crazy. That morning of August 24, 2012, 
as he approached, he knew his schedule. He knew Steve Colino's schedule. He knew he would get to the office around 9 a.m. Jeffrey's hiding. You know, he actually hadn't hasn't paid his rent for his apartment, so he actually gave his keys to his apartment to the landlord. They said to him, you have to leave because, you know, they're doing remodels, and he also has not been paid. So his world was crumbling down before. Um, before him how did you turn around at 58 years old and turn around to your family and say i have nothing right like i my cat just died and he lives on his own he the, the two cats are his company his one of his cat passes away right he got very sick very he got very emotional about that right it was very hard on, on on Jeffrey about that. And then his career is also, he's not good enough for it. That's how it took, even though it was a, a financial thing that the company was going through. So how did you turn around at 58 years old and go back to your mom, I guess, to your family and be like, I have nothing? It takes somebody who knows who God is and who has a relationship with Jesus Christ to take news like that and now go crazy. And that's what happened, right? That's what happened to Jeffrey uh, Johnson that morning of August 24. He's being told to leave his apartment, right? Um, He doesn't have the money to pay the rent. Even his mom said on his last conversation with his mom, mind you, this happened in April. He, yeah, he, the last time he talked to his mom was April, and this happened in August, right, of 2012. He called his mom for her, for her birthday in April, and he told her, you know, it has been very difficult after my cat died, and I actually quit my job, right? He didn't say he got laid off. He actually said he quit. He doesn't want to say news like that. At 58 years old, you can think of so many things why a company doesn't want you there, right? You, Of course, you're going to take it personal, right? You're going to say, no, they're going to hire all the new kids, right? Right out of college, pay them, you know, less than me. And, and they might say, you know, they're, I'm getting more talent from these new people right out of college. Anything could have happened. They could say, we want to update the company, right? Making, perhaps making, making him feel like a little old, you know, for fashion. Who knows? It could have been so many things, right? Um, but not everybody's going to take the news like that and not go crazy. And that's what happened with him, right? So it's 9 a.m. on August 24, 2012. He's waiting for Steve Colino outside of the office entrance and steve is coming right i think he had like a red backpack i remember seeing the some of the photos saying so sad um steve Colino. everybody says so many positive things about him such a great person you know beautiful um uncle to all of his nephews and nieces you know they love him and the family you know this man was so vulnerable, just doing what we all do every day, walk up to work thinking, you know, this is a case in the back burner. This man got fired or got laid off a year and a half ago. I haven't seen him, you know, after maybe a few months. And he comes out of the band. He's actually, Steve Colino is walking in, walking by, getting close to the entrance to Hassan Imports. 
and he's talking to a co-worker. He actually said to her, you know, I'm not feeling too good today. It's Friday. It's late August, you know. Maybe, you know, he's going to, you know, he probably couldn't wait for the weekend to rest. And this man, Jeffrey Johnson, having a grudge on, on Steve, basically blaming him for everything that has gone wrong in his life, approaches him and shot him right there. See, as Steve Arcolino is walking in, getting close to going on about his day, so vulnerable to this man, and he shot him and kills him right there, right? After he shots him, right, the co-worker, you know, she's screaming. She actually said, you know, when I saw him, they recognized him. And when I saw him, I said, oh, no, he has a gun. And she said, Steve screamed when he saw um, the gun. And then she ran away, right, and he got shot. Um, I think he shot him five times, right? And then Jeffrey Johnson puts the gun back on his briefcase. This man is wearing a full-on suit, right? Like he normally will do. Um, his daily routine will be leaving his apartment at 7.30 in the morning, go to a McDonald's, have breakfast, and then head to work. That was his routine every day, right? And he kept doing that even though he wasn't working there anymore. How crazy is that, right? So there he is, full-on, you know, suit with the briefcase. Should Steve kills him right there and put the gun back in his briefcase and keeps walking down 33rd Street. Um, and then one of the construction workers in the area still follow him, right? And he called out some of the policemen that were around the entrance of the Empire State Building and said, this is the guy, you know, and they follow him. As they approach him, he noticed that he's being followed by the police, right? And I guess he, uh, Jeffrey Johnson turns around, takes the gun out again, and then he's shot there by police. But the police, even though they had him, right, they had Jeffrey Johnson so close to him, they actually ended up shooting so many other bystanders, not deadly, but still, like, you, it makes you wonder. You have the men facing the street, and you have kids walking by, bystander, you know, tourists. And then they're just like shooting, like you have just one target on this other side. And, you know, there was a lot of critiques about the training that the new police officers were getting and things like that, saying, how can you miss somebody who's just right next to you? But you have to understand, it shouldn't just happen, right? Even though they're trained for it, it's crowded New York City, you know, Empire State Building, such an iconic, you know, tourist stop you know so they're they're being told by a construction worker you know oh you know i'm gonna you know he's over here follow me follow me and then when they actually approach him this man get the gun out right and begins shooting at police so they shot back at him so like i said and he was killed right right there, Jeffrey Johnson. So he knew he wasn't coming back to his apartment. He was told he had to move out. They were doing remodels. He hasn't paid the rent. So he actually said that, you know, I won't be back. And he gave out his keys. And in his apartment, they say they found a lot of ammunition. So what this man mentally was, what state he was in mentally, um, 
we learn so much from this case. There's so many things that we can learn from. That's why it resonates with, with me a lot. Not that it resonates. It's almost like I keep thinking about it on and off. You know, it, it makes you wonder, right? Um, Like, there's a couple things, right? Life is unpredictable, right? That's one thing that I always say to you guys. The other thing is when you can't make work or workplaces your idol, because when that thing is gone, like we learn from the pandemic, you you know that you're gonna be devastated. You can't make anything your idol, right? The Bible says don't have any idols, right? So you have to know that every job that you get, you know, you're thankful for the opportunity, and you know, and you try to do a good job to represent Christ, and that's it. You can't take it and be like, this is my life. People say, my work is my life. Like, one day you're here, the next day you just never know. That's how companies are. Being laid off, being fired is nothing that it's like, oh my goodness. Like, people will fire you. Like I said, when you when they don't like you, man, you can bring them coffee, say good morning. If they don't want you there anymore, rest assured, they'll do anything possible to keep you out so you just have to be thankful for the moment that you have and that's it right um and try to do a good job because you represent christ but don't make it your idol and also it it makes you also resonate about life and how much relationships are so important i'm not saying just marriage and things like that but friendships right um he know he was known for being a very friendless and lonely guy that is that tells you a lot you know and maybe he would have spoken with somebody about his laid off some words of wisdom from a friend even from a therapist would have helped him a little bit but um let me know what you guys think about this case i'm cutting it short i know I, maybe i'll do a second part about it and to speak more about steve right and how he went about this i'm running out of time thank you so much everybody for listening god bless